0: Today's guest is Rayan Sudrajat, an Indonesian ethnomusicologist and musician who is also known as Bazeput, his electronic music project. Bazeput's idea is to link between the voices and instruments of the indigenous people and the modular synthesizer to create a new form of experience in the modular world. Pazeput hopes to connect between the legacies and the messages of the ancestors from the past in the futuristic modern world. My name is Giovanni Grandi and this is Let's Talk Music with Fraptus.
1: Thank you for the opportunity, Giovanni, by the way.
0: Well, thank you very much for being with us today, Ryan. It's a real pleasure. Um, <laughs> I would like to start right away uh, by talking a bit more, if you want, about your musical journey. I uh, you know, it's quite an extended one. Sure, that'll be great. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> So um, how did you started with music and uh, how did you end up uh, where you are right now, both in terms of uh, artistic direction and also um, why you end up playing the modular synthesizer as your instrument of choice?
1: So the first one, I started music when I was 12 years old. I play pop music. It's a bit popular. Of course, you know the Beatles. And I listen to I Wanna Hold Your Hand, Yesterday, Hey Jude, the famous songs from them. And then I started the band and then uh, bought my first guitar. And then from there I listened to The Alternative and then Shoegaze and then um, like Britpop, you know, of course, Indonesia at that time has been influenced from Britpop and American brands as well. I think it's uh, in the beginning of thousand ish And then I uh, play Radiohead cover songs and stuff as a band in the uh, senior engineer high school. And then after that, uh, time goes by. Uh in a short uh story I went to Melbourne to continue uh my master degree in there.
0: Sorry, where was your your first experience as a musician based? Were like in Bandung? Oh
1: yeah, in Bandung, yeah, in okay. Bandung. Yes, yeah, I was born and raised in Bandung. At that time so since kindergarten and then my bachelor degree and I finished my bachelor in Bandung. And I started to I went to Melbourne in 2018 in Monash University, uh, continue uh, master's in ethnomusicology and musicology, and right in Melbourne, I went to many places like a music store uh, in Melbourne, of course, you know, found sound and other uh, musical instruments as well, and then I found one community called Aussie Wigglers, and then, yes, uh, the magics happened there, and I started to build my first modular synthesizer in 2019, right in the middle of my Uh, master degree. You know what? Because the intention at the first time to start a modern synthesizer is not the musical things, but it's actually in the middle of my research, I get bored and I get easily stressed because of the research, because I took master by research studies in Melbourne. And then I get easily uh, stressed because of the journals and everything. And right in the middle, I found the... um, Modeler synthesizer, when I try to patch the cable from one model to model, it's just bring, uh, reduce my stress uh, level. Ah, Because I I think it's very, yeah, it's very, it's very, um, uh, make me calm at that time. Because when I patch this one and patch this one and my sensory uh, hand and then uh, sensory play and everything, it's become my, oh, I get easily uh, cheer up by playing a modular synthesizer, by playing the cables and the knobs, and I can continue my uh, research in university. So I think the intention at that time is to bring my... anxious level or stress level become more manageable in the middle of my um, research. So it's not quite common to start the modular synthesizer because for some reason maybe other people start because like the music or like the sound and then like the timbre of the uh, oscillators and stuff. But I think at that point I started uh, to like because of the it can, it, can, it can make me calm in the middle of my uh, uh, research.
0: Wow, that's fascinating. And what what was your research about at that time?
1: Yeah, it's actually about the uh, death ritual. So my research held in Kalimantan Island, uh, the third biggest island in the world, or called uh, Borneo internationally. So I uh, identify and about the function of the meaning of the gong, like the big gong, because in the death ritual, gongs is always used in the middle of a ritual, in the... Initial ritual and the end of ritual, so I become more interested with the uh, gong itself and what is the uh, function and meaning. Why the people in there has to have to use the gong for the ritual? For the as not only as the musical instrument, but also the gong is also used as the place to store the blood from the animals. Uh, which is already sacrificed, for example, buffaloes, and then uh, chicken, and then uh, pigs and stuff. Um, so I think, wow, this musical instrument is not only as a musical instrument that being played by the people in the village or the, in the in the island, but also as the tools, which is very important in their ritual. So I think that's my uh, curiosity at that time, and I also um, are interested. Um, to research about the has uh, become my research in master degree
0: wow that is uh, very fascinating and uh, i my I have an impression, a suggestion from this story, which you tell me if it's a bit too far-fetched, but I see a kind of an analogy between the instruments you were studying and the modular synthesizer for you, which is not just a musical instrument, but a tool for a ritual. Because, you know, your ritual of calming yourself and bringing your uh, anxiety (laughs) down (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point, Giovanni. I think that's really true because I not uh I not only use uh, RC music or musical instrument as a tool itself, but I think it's also one of my um body's extension. for example. I have a hands or I have a feet, but when I see a guitar, for example, when I see a modular instrument or maybe as a when I see drums, for example, other musical instruments, I see that, I see them as the extension of my body. So I think when I play with them, I become into one with the musical instrument and also with modular synthesizer. And I think that's also uh, bring me um, to become as one with the musical instrument, is not separated. I think, and also uh, continuing what you've also said, it's true that, yeah, I think playing modular instrument has become my ritual. Uh, to to be like uh you know uh deeply connected with the musical instruments itself because at the first time I play bass I play guitar and drums there's always something has to be hit or strum or it has to be you know like a violin or cello but playing with modulrs and the are for me I think it has to be uh, change my perspective at that time I have to playing with the cables and I have to playing with the knobs and how to you know, produce a sound with the cables and sound. I think at the first time, uh, for me, that was a challenge to uh, produce a sound, which is um, until now my my music. You can also listen to uh, in my in Spotify or band camps, which is I think the, the 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 journey to there. I think it's quite uh, far and also um, long and winding road, as a bit said because when I. I, I think uh Fraptos of course, uh I have to say that Usta I think it's very uh it's also it's very uh, it's very true that it's my first uh Fraptos and of course there'll be uh, the first uh try I use. And I I'm I'm become unseparated with the uh, Fraptos, especially with the Usta itself because I can imagine if I have to compose in Modelers and Desire without Usta, I think I cannot imagine that, so I think (laughs) it's just become one.
0: Yeah, that, that was part of the original design, you know, to treat the instrument as an extension of the of the artist's mind, because the whole point, I think, uh, in making music and making art as a whole is that you need to waste uh, the, the least amount of time between your idea and your uh, production. Let's that's say. true. Let's that's true. It's, you know, it's very uh, ordinary term. But. And uh, uh, thinking about um, instruments, and uh, and you mentioned that you you came from uh, uh, the the pop music and Brit pop music, but uh, you also play traditional music, am I right?
1: That's right, that's right, yes.
0: And Mm -hmm. is it something that you have been uh, uh, trained uh, um, like from your childhood or is something that you approached at a later stage?
1: oh that's interesting uh question because uh when we also uh when i was playing traditional music uh the first one is a like a zither it's called kecapi from uh sundanese uh ethnic group in west java where i uh grew up so it's quite uh it has uh eight strings and i have we have to play that like a piano in there but we have to play the left hand with the bass and right hand as a melody and then um, it's become more, um, it's, I think it was quite hard for me to, uh, play that instrument, but I think I was, um, 15 years old at that time. So it's not quite, uh, it's not quite, uh, small at that time, but I think 15 years old is to bring me the understanding because I think my, my dad, uh, and also my mom's also, uh, led me to, uh, take a course, took, took a course of the, um, kecapi and then also play i also play flute uh like uh it's called suling in sundanese name and uh because of i played that instrument i went to i've been to belgium at that time 2008 and france and also to luxembourg and then to uh netherlands in utrecht um i uh tour with the indonesian embassy to promote indonesian uh tourism at that time. So I was 18 years old and it become it brings me that, oh, okay, so with playing traditional music, with playing traditional music, and also can uh, show about my identity to the world. Because for example, uh, if I playing guitar, for example, if I bring that to America, for example, of course people already know guitar and then people already uh, know about this instrument, but I play kachapi. And I play suling and I bring that to uh, Europe, for example. Of course, people doesn't know that before. So I think at that time, I believe that, oh, if I play traditional music, I can bring my identity and I can introduce the instrument, which which people maybe doesn't know before. So I think that's the intention to play traditional music uh, compared to the uh, like Britpop or modern and pop music. And with that, it brings me understanding that okay, I have to still uh, play traditional music, but also I have to play and also have to understand about other music, which is global, so I can incorporate that with my uh, music. So that's what happened with uh, Basseput because uh, I play Modular Synthesizer. That's a futuristic um, musical instrument, I can say. And then, but the idea and the core idea of Basseput is to uh, bring the legacy or bring the message of the ancestor in the terms, in the form of uh, Eurorack or Modular Synthesizer. So that's why the samples and the sound and the scales by the help of Raptus Usta, I can bring that tonality, I can bring the scales of the traditional music which is I played on in West Java and Kalifantan. So that's really suits with my uh, idea of playing music with Baseput Giovanni.
0: Excellent. I was about to drive the conversation towards Basiput that, uh, because it is your um, uh, the, the project where uh, the electronic music is involved. And uh, I have a question and I'm not sure if I will be able to phrase it properly, but when you mentioned the ancestors, um, you also mentioned other um, let's say a tradition other than the Western Java, where you come from, because uh, we know that Indonesia is quite vast and there are a lot of uh, ethnic groups with different traditions and different musical traditions. And I was curious to know, how do you approach uh, those traditions and uh, those ancestors? Uh, Or in other words, uh, um, do the ancestors need to be your ancestors to be featured in Basiput? <laughs>
1: interesting so i spent um a years not only years i've been i've been uh researching and also i've been um uh, research about the people of especially about the kalimantan people for more than 9 years until now i think it's 10 years yeah yeah it's, al- it's almost 10 years so that my my initial um research in 2014 to kalimantan so i went back and forth to kalimantan and then to bandung kalimantan to bandung so i think uh it's really important for me to stay in the place and to communicate in the place. It's not only like of course, you know, like ethnomusicologists, like have to go to the area and then stay like one or two weeks and then go again and then uh <laughs> be research and that. And I have to live with them. I have to understand about the identity, I have to understand about the ideology, I have to understand why these people play this instrument in the field, not in the for example, in the home why they play this instrument towards the sunrise, not on the sunset sunset, for example. Mm. So I think that ideas and that messages and uh, the ideologies, I have to understand that deeply rooted. So I have to spend I've I've been spent like a months or maybe even years in the field. So it brings me the understanding of their ancestor, for example. So I can speak their language now. I can speak their three languages and three dialects now in kalimantan because kalimantan has uh, more than 58 uh, dialects which is has different languages as well so i can only speak three uh, languages of them the katingan and the Naijunese and also the otdanum but of course to understand their languages it brings me the understanding of their culture as well because for example if i learn uh, how to speak italian for example italy italian of course is it italy or italian speak italian yeah right? italian yeah, Italian, yeah, 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 of course. Italian. When I speak Italian, for example, uh, indirectly I I can also understand about the culture itself. So I think it brings me a lot of uh, not only the culture, the culinary, for example, it can bring also why these people also act differently with other ethnic groups, for example. So I think um, the first thing first, I have to spend uh, like uh, a year or months in there. So it can bring me the understanding oh how this is how the ancestors also uh think and their ancestors also think because back in the past everything is connected as the Austronesian people uh for example kalimantan and sundanese and west java it becomes one island but because of the uh water level of the sea level is also up and the uh the down area is also being drowned by the water and become separated by the geographical aspects. But I think at the moment, at that time, in the the past, everything is connected. So that's why the languages, the culture, the customary law has has also similarities between them. So I think it's not quite difficult for me at that time to um, understand and also to... uh, to make sense about the ancestors and then also the idea of the uh, ethnic group in Indonesia.
0: Wow. Beautiful answer. I love this idea of uh, culture as uh, being a matter of uh, education and understanding rather than just a matter of uh, uh, who your father, who your mother is and where you were born. That's right. You mentioned that uh, you did a lot of um, field recording as an ethnomusicologist over your um, during your uh, field researchers and uh, I was curious to know if uh, um, part of those field recordings actually became um, part of your music or if you kept the world of research and music um, separate. Uh, sample wise
1: I see, I see, great Yeah, I'll bring my field recorders as well to the field and I'll record a uh, couple of the instruments and also I managed to sample one of the oldest instruments and also one of the oldest gong in the village and I sample it back to the the uh, Synthesizer and I can play that uh, in my composition, so I think my first EP called Astungara and uh, the first tracks also which is I also recorded in here for Frap Tools. I think that's also my first track, which is I'm proud to say that I use the samples and I, you know, the, the behind the scene of the Astunkara, uh, is also uh, composed like not more than 10 minutes with Usta and also set the gate and also set the CV and set the randoms and then boom, it happens. <laughs> so I think because of the, I, 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 have, I have a clear ideas of what's, I'm going to do with Muddler Synthesizer and also I've I know what to do with the samples and it's become like it's very quick it's very good. of course with the help of Usta and then with the sample wise of course uh, there's a couple of artifacts in the field like uh, uh, the background noise and also I have to it's not quite clear if we can record in the field because there's uh, chichada's Cicada uh voice and also voice of the you know background noises so I think I managed to sample one time at the, at on the evening at that time on the a village, and I've that's what I'm using in Astunkara track, which is uh, is it f- uh, for yeah for tools.
0: Wow, awesome! And uh, well, since uh, we are getting a bit uh, technical about your musical style, I think it, we can uh, take a listen to the patch you made for this episode, and then uh, we can meet again to discuss it.
1: Great. okay so let me explain the patch so basically usta is the brain of this composition so everything's being triggered and also all the cvs and the gates and everything from usta so this is incredible so i've used usta since it's release from 2019 and i like it so much until now i'm still using it in my composition in modular synthesizer so that's very good So basically, um, I use all the outputs, 8 of the CVs, and also 8 of the gates, and triggering all the samples in uh, Rossum Assimilator. So I use that, for example, this is the sound of the the oscillator from Buchla Samples, and then the Buchla Samples of the Sine Wave a bit lower. This is a bit um, different it's called Rayong, and this is the gong and then Kantilan, and then um, Rayong as well, and then Gendring, and then other uh, Balinus Gamlan I sampled as well, so all the samples I stored in here and all the individual channels um, uh, from the assimilators into the mixed up this is the first sample, and then a mono, mono, and then a stereo and then the rest of 4 channels, is goes into an uh, no old Farm, Harlow, Stereo, Stereo, and basically all the 8 channels goes into this mixer and the last channel is from the um, Make Noise Morphagene basically all the 8 channels, I pre-recorded and sampled that into Morphagene so basically this is the same but it's being reversed to the left this is normal uh, so this is normal, without reverb and then I I can pitch it up like uh, octave up or maybe reverse and put a delay so if it plays together, sounds like this And then the rest of the from the mixer it goes to this happy nerding fx 8xl stereo and then goes to the cosmetronic uh, Messer as a compressor and then goes to the no farm oats as the output model and then goes to rio into my interface and then everything everything's being triggered and then all the um like uh, pitch shifting and then stages random and everything goes from Usta. So that's incredible.
0: So the first question I have about your patch is about the sounds that I have already introduced in like a few minutes ago. And uh, so you are using the assimilator as your main voice, right?
1: Yes, that's right, yeah. Uh,
0: So the samples that you have in the assimilator uh, are made by you, right? Yes, yeah,
1: Mm mm-hmm.
0: And uh, what is, uh, if you want, uh, what is your process of uh, like making samples and then uh, making music with them?
1: Great. So there are two samples in there, so we can divide that into the sine wave and also the gongs itself. So mm-hmm. the first one I sampled with the oscillator of Buchla when I was in Mess in Melbourne. So there's a huge of Buchla's uh, uh, systems in there. So I managed to sample each of the oscillator I forgot the name sorry for that but I can check and let you know later about mm-hmm. the oscillators uh, but the, the I believe that's uh, the black knobs and mm-hmm. also the blue knobs I think I forgot the the, the series of the oscillator but I think it sounds very huge and I sampled that through the golden edge uh, preamp mk2 I believe and I put that straight into my um, audio interface so I managed to sample Two minutes of the sine wave, and then uh, two minutes of the square wave, and then two minutes of the, is it pulse width or triangle, I'm not sure. So I put that in the uh, DAW, and then I mm. cut into one minute and put that in my letter, each of the oscillators. And I use the sine wave for the low bass uh, voice. For example, dum, dum, mm. be- is between like C2 and C1 to bring the uh, low uh, section of the frequency. So if I could play in the club, for example, there's a subwoofer, the, the room between dum, dum, becomes, <laughs> it hits your chest you know, because of the low frequency. I think I like to play it with the lowest notes on the, between C2 and C1, so I think it's very good if we play in the club, so we can bring the vibration of the room itself. But that's yeah, diso- there is nothing uh, more
0: disappointing than a sound <laughs> system that cannot hold your frequency age, right? <laughs> you, you understand that, of course, yeah. So I think that's the
1: oscillator, and also I can uh, play with the oscillator as a higher pitch, like uh, between C3 and C4 to bring the um, uh, higher pitch of the oscillator. And then the... Uh, the, the gamlan or the, the gong itself, I sampled that when I was in Kalimantan. I record that uh, with my uh, Sinhazer MKH416, which is I'm using now in here. Uh, it's a condenser and it's a shotgun mic, but it's very good. Uh, it's very good and it's very handy in the humid uh, area, for example, in Kalimantan, in Borneo. So I record that. And also I used the Rodi NT5. With, uh, it's, I think it's cardioid, which is quite close to the cone of the gong itself, to 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 capture about the sound of the percussion of the gong itself, to to bring the attack, which is this microphone to bring the low and also the ambience because it's just omni uh, super cardioid as well. So it brings uh, not only the focus to the uh, front of the microphone, but also the the idea and also the context of the sound itself. So I think that's the uh, the technical aspect and how I record the sample, and of course I have to. Uh, record that on the evening because on the afternoon and in the morning people in the village working and then uh, see so and then uh, to bring their motorcycle and it's very noisy and there in the village So of course <laughs> i have to record on the evening by the permission of the village because i have to record like Toon! and then have to wait for a couple of seconds Toon! and then you know what happened people from the other area and other uh village come because, and then see, and then look at me in the room, what's happening? Is there any dead people in here? They said, <laughs> because the gongs also attract people. It, it's also as a sign. If there's any people uh, die in the village, they have to strike the gong like three times without stopping. Dun, dun, and then I have to record that. So I have to, to be silent. And the people from the other village come by the boat because it's a river and then come. What what, what happened? What happened? Oh no, no, I've recorded a sample, I said. So they misunderstood. There's something, uh, someone died on the the evening. (laughs) So it's a bit misunderstood and also it's a story. It's just quite, um, uh, it's quite, (laughs) it's good as a thought, as a story. So I think that's the technical aspect of how I record everything and becomes a sample in my uh, sampler.
0: Uh, just to know if I am following correctly, is this the same gong you were mentioning at the beginning, the one used in death rituals that uh, ho- hosts the, the, the blood of the animals?
1: Yes, yes. But I think um, it's, it's the same, uh, it's the same uh, type of gong, but I think um, the gong which is stored at the blood of the animals is a bit different because they have to store in different location. But I think it's not the actual gong which is stored of the blood. So I think it's different gong, which is as the same type because the gong itself is quite old, Giovanni, I think. It's more than like 500 years, one of the villages mentioned. So it's not quite a common uh, musical instrument. So for example, one village maybe only have one gong like that. So if there's any ritual or death ritual, they have to, uh, you know, uh, bring that from the um, uh, the house which is quite uh, old and they have to be um, put the ritual in the gong itself so it's ready to be used in the ritual so because of the rarities and also quite old not many people and not it's not like a musical instrument which is you can play every day so if there's any death ritual if there's any um, uh, performance of the ritual, it's being played again and being retold, but if it's not, they will lock it up in the uh, store in the house.
0: Yeah, it's almost like a, maybe a church bell for Catholic countries that has a specific yeah. social function more than uh, like a, just a simple artistic uh, function as a, any other musical instrument.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's quite it's quite similar with that because. Um, Uh, it's being a sacred ritual, a sacred instrument also. It's not like, it's not for playing for the uh, people or the twin children, but of course, if there's any ritual, so everything's become cleaned and also ready to be a ritual, so. It depends if there's any event or not.
0: And how do you handle the the pitch of this instrument in your in your composition? And we are slowly getting to the tuning topic, but I want to (laughs) approach this topic very carefully. (laughs) This is interesting. Yeah, I know that you are also expert in this, uh,
1: you know, with the pitch and everything. But I think the challenge, of course, for me at at that time is the pitch itself. So. I have to repeat that again in the, uh, the AW, uh, for example, because there's no scale or tonality, which is quite fixed on the village. So it's not like a pentatonic. So there are five sets of gongs, uh, and it's not quite being toned as a scale itself, like pentatonic. It's not if, if we see that as a, pers- a Western perspective, as classical music, it's not in tune, of course. So it's not into like, what scale is this? No, of course not, because it's not meant to be played as a scale or like orchestra. But I think that's the beauty of it. So we're not being. Um, Um, focus with the tone or the pitch itself but I think the ambience of the ritual of the performance ritual the fields and also we have to drink some uh, like fermented rice wine and also we have to dance in the ritual so all the sensory aspects of the ritual itself it affects us like a five senses like eyes and then uh, tongue we can sense uh, the drink itself we can hear something we can have the vibration so I think it brings the uh, ritual experience or performance ritual experience into one. So I think if we can go back to the pitch itself, I have to return again in the uh, the AW and then to suits with like you also uh, here in Astungara part. So I manage one gong and then I return to D for example, everything's be- being tuned in D and put all the samples in there so I can use the pitch uh, from Usta to control all the scales in there. So I think it's uh, that's that's the key. Because at the beginning, I have to, it's not quite, it's, it's really different. I have to make a, a five pitch of the gong itself, which is for example, D, E, and then uh, F, and then G, A, for example. And I play with the gate. So it's quite hard to play with that. So... I became oh this is not the right way to play with the pitch and especially with the usta, so I set the gong in D, everything the lower and then the higher, and then I set the pitch from usta. It really helps me better to compose. Oh, so I misunderstood in how to play with that one because it's quite hard at that time. So when i uh met usta and then play wow this is the right instrument to play with the gong as my extension of my body in modular synthesizer so in uh the way i uh play with uh modular or eurorack uh it's like a uh like a one piece band for example we have a drum we have bass we have a guitar for example because usta has uh, 8 gates and 8 cvs and also a, a simulators also Samples. So it really fits uh really good. So I have my, for example, hi-hats, I have my snare, I have my tom, I have my kick, and then I have my bass, I have my everything in there. So it means uh it's it's really um really suits my composition uh playing with Usta as well. So it can translate what I'm what's in my head playing with traditional instrument and through modular synthesizer it becomes Wow, this is it. So I don't have this anymore. And then if you can see my rack or my system, it's really small because I met that as a portable system. I can play live wherever I want under seven kilograms and put that in a cabin. And also I can put in my, back, my backpack and I think that's the idea of my system is to portability and then to play it live, but also not to losing its context of my um, idea of playing music in modular Synthesizer.
0: Mine as well. I, I totally agree in, in the, on this matter because I, I ended up with the formula that uh, it needs me at less than half the time Uh, less than half the concert time to set up and uh, the stage and to leave the stage combined. Otherwise, it's not worth playing a gig, you know? So if I have to play like half an hour and it takes me one hour just to set up the stage, (laughs) I'm like, yeah, no, no, no. So I understand the importance of portability, especially in the world of uh, electronic music. And especially
1: because I don't have any crews and also doesn't have any people to help me. For example, if I play in the different location so i have to okay this is my system i have to plug my power i have to plug my outputs and that's it so everything is yeah, being so exactly. checked at home you know so i already um understand about this uh this one and then volume and everything so okay let's start you
0: don't need only send check uh,
1: for example the sound engineer no i've already set up okay Let's start for
0: example. <laughs> so I think it's very uh, time, And then you uh, become the you know. sound engineer's best friend immediately. And then <laughs> Well, this is the guy I'm looking for, they said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they are gonna become all super enjoyable and then they say, Do you need anything? And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> So you mentioned that you um, ended up using Usta to change the pitch of your, re-pitch the samples. And I was uh, finally, uh, I'm about to ask uh, um, if you uh, use any uh, particular scale on the Usta sequencer, uh, if you make your own and um, this kind of things.
1: Yeah, so I think I have to, uh, thanks uh, to... um um, I think, the is it uh, the item? Is it the software? Atom, Atom? Atom, yeah. Yeah, the Atom. Yeah, I think it's very suits uh, me well with the uh, playing with my scale because I have a specific scale, for example, the Sundani scale. And then it's pentatonic from Kalimantan, for example. For example, I have to play a different scale with that. So I put that with Atom and then Installed that in Ustas, but I wish I could more than four scales in Usta, Giovanni. I think that will be great. Yeah, I can eight. understand. Yeah, yeah, I think that will be great, but I think I understand as well that's the limit of the uh, Usta to four scale. I think that's Rollo. It's already uh, suits my uh, scales. Of course, you have a list of scales, which is huge scales in there in your manual book. When I read that at first time, wow, you have so many scales in here, but I've that I've, was I'm,
0: Simones' uh, Simones' <laughs> approach towards uh, scales because I suggested to include microtonal scales, and it was like, yeah. okay, let's use them all. <laughs> and uh, <you laughs> spent so many days and nights. That's just fantastic. Scales. <laughs> but then again, if you if you if you think that you are running out of uh, user scales, there are also uh, four other scales per each of the EDoS. So I don't know which oh. kind of... Uh, because uh, if you are uh, using, I don't know, maybe 12 uh, Edo or 15 or whatever, but mm-hmm. you have four scales also for the 15 Edo, 22 Edo, and, uh, um, 20, 19, 22 and 24 eidos. So basically you can program other scales... Uh, Of course, you have to calculate the offset from a different starting point. But for example, if you use the 24 Edo, it's just twice as thick as the 12 Edo. So you will have 24 uh, microtones. And so one out of two is a semitone and you can start offsetting your Ah. scales from there. I see. I
1: see. Interesting. I sh- I should look more into that. I should look more mm. into that. Yeah, that's good.
0: Yeah, but then again, I don't want to uh, lead the conversation too too far from the starting topic. You were you were talking about the, your your scales, and I think that uh, your setup is probably the ideal scenario to use. Uh, uh, microtonal scales uh, in the Eurorack world because you have a digital uh, sound source and so you can be a bit more uh, confident about the output because if you were using for example analog oscillators whose tracking might not be always perfect <laughs> uh if you if you are uh you know focusing on uh you know uh, five cents difference but the difference between uh, the average note but then the actual oscillator has a deviation <laughs> of five cents it becomes uh, a bit more tricky and actually in the in the previous episode uh the where I interviewed Trevor Treya. he uh, he is working on just intonation at the moment and he's using the usta as well, but he got rid of the whole scales concept and he just uses raw voltages because his, <laughs> uh, his voices are analog and he was like, okay, I'm just trusting my ears and when I find that's the right. note that's in tune, I just go for it. So, All uh, or nothing, yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm
1: considering... Brenso as well because Brenso has a, has a features that can lock the 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 oscillators right the pitch right mm, yeah. is that right yeah yep. yeah so I was considering that but then when I was in modular grid and I you know have a draft of my rack and then wow it's become huge <laughs> it's become quite bigger you know but I'm considering but I'm considering in the future if I have uh, like a second uh, system. I will consider the like analog oscillators and also not playing in samples and feel the timbre and the organics of the uh analog oscillator. I think I've considering that so much, but but in the meantime I think this is quite uh portable and also I don't have to worry about the pitch and then <laughs> the the, the deviation like you've mentioned because everything is being digital and then I'm not a purist that it's not it's not quite thick. The sound, of course, it's digital. Of course, I'm not quite purist, but I think at the moment I have to enjoy. And I'm the first thing first that I'm enjoying playing the system and the uh composition is quite quick. It's very quick because of the helps of Usta. I think it's just incredible as we can And the circular of the Usta it brings so much inspiration that from start and then and start, and then because I played a couple of sequences back in the past, like track uh, a system and track style, I think it's just bring me okay, four, 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 and then 16, and then eight. I think it's just like make me stuck at the moment. So, with playing with the Usta, I think circular, and then in the beginning, oh, I have to, I, I, it, it brings me to the you know. Uh, like the concept of reincarnation, for example, because when we have to born to the world and then we manage to be an adult and then we go and then end and then we go back again and then we have to live again, death again, live again. I think to look up with the uh, philosophy of the Usta in my perspective, I think it brings me to the uh, so much inspiration to connect with my uh, ideas of playing music in modern and uh, as an uh, ethnomusicologist as well,
0: Giovanni. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you very much. And uh, um, you are, from what I saw in your uh, in your videos, um, your instrument. Uh, that you built also for uh, like as an extension of your uh, musical practice and uh, with 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 the main scope of portability seems to be very fixed in terms of patching with the tendrils cables and uh, i was curious to learn more about your approach do you uh, still patch as you were doing like in your research uh, your searcher years that you mentioned in the beginning do you still uh, use the physically the, the cables or you have reached a sort of uh, instrument design that's uh, satisfying and that you tend to leave it untouched most of the time.
1: Wow, that's interesting. And also I've been thinking this a lot too because yes when I use chandrils, I think the first one um the intention of using chandrils is become uh, playing life because when I used a straight cable at that time I can't play with the knobs because all the cables with the straight knobs is covering all the knobs and then uh, the potential and all the feathers because Ah, it's become, because I, I also really like to play it live and tweak on the fly and also pitching on the fly on live because I think it just brings me the um, uh, intention of playing live music. So when I found Tendrils and then, wow, this is really good because I have some kind of fixed patch in that time, but I also have to bring my straight cables when I'm playing live so I can play uh, patching live when I was playing live, for example, connecting all the uh, like the LFOs to uh, pitch and then LFOs to randomize and stuff like that. So I think uh, at the same point I can play like I have I have a fixed patch, but if I'm playing live, I bring my straight cables and then I can modify it on the fly as I want to, um, you know, uh, modify everything. But I think if we if if it's become fixed, of course, but uh, the, the lines of the patch it become fixed. But the idea, I think I can connect and I can bring all the uh, pitches from Usta, for example, to a simulator. So everything's happened internally and is being changed internally compared to uh, we can see physically about the uh, page and cables. So I think even though the fix or the patch is fixed, but I think what happens internally uh, on the uh, system, I think it's just changed every day as I play other instruments. For example, I've mentioned mentioned you the other day that I've explored techno music. For example, yeah, so that would patch... have been my next question, actually. So please, let's <laughs> yeah. talk about techno. <laughs> yeah, even though even though the patch is like that, like you've uh, seen on my uh, Astunkara patch, everything is being connected from Usta to a simulator, a simulator to mixer, and everything. But what happens inside there? It's just different ideas and different um, brains of my composition. So I think um, that's the, the, the interesting thing, what happens in modern synthesizer, even though we can uh, connect physically by the cables and the page cables, what I think the brains itself, what happened in the system, I think it's just uh, interesting. And we can, we can play uh, differently every day, literally.
0: Because in the previous uh, um, in the previous interview, Trevor brought up the concept of uh, the um, uh, the early days of electronic music of a patch being an instrument definition so whenever you make a patch, you are like defining your instrument besides just uh, creating the music so it's just, it's like a more primordial level of music making than just picking an instrument and playing but then again even if the instrument, you are now expanding this concept because even if the instrument definition is the same, like the structure is the same, uh, the way you can make it interact is. Uh, uh it has still a lot of room to explore. Like you said, with, with the same instrument you can play the pass uh, um traditional and electronic mixture, you can play techno and without even mostly touching a cable. And that is like a fascinating concept.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I think uh maybe other people of course has a different perspective and opinion in how to play the modeler because some some of my friends also said that it has to be patched right away. If you finish playing today unpatch everything let it clean and then tomorrow you have to patch again so that's playing modelers in the Zizer. so some people think that so some people think like uh like uh um, like me for example but i think in my understanding whatever the concepts and whatever the instrument as long as you have the idea and the intention of the goal the sound what we'd like to reach in the future. I think that's the most interesting one because I've seen a lot of my friends that trap in Modular Synthesizer or EuroRack world that, oh because they've seen this performance of ambient music, for example. Oh, because of they've seen of this techno music on YouTube. So they become buy some modules that maybe, okay, this module is good, this module is good, and then boom, the rack is there. But they don't know what to do about that. For example, okay, I'm playing techno music. Okay, techno, and then because the intention is quite, quite strong, of course. Oh, I'm going to play ambient, for example. It's not, it's, I'm, I'm going, I'm not saying that this is wrong or not, but if we have the intention of the goal of music, we would like to play uh, what like to do in the future, for example, I think it's just really saving time, saving money, of course, and then saving everything. For example, I know what to do with modular synthesizer. I would like to play traditional music but in terms of Eurorack so I think that's the intention so I become very quick for the samples and everything and yeah it's there but if I'm just playing music and I don't know what to do what kind of genre what kind of uh, different of improvisation for example it will you know kills my time right away and I being trapped in the Selling and buying stuffs, and then uh, I think it's just not quite good for me. But I think for some people, of course, the intention. For example, uh, I would like to release music, but some people playing you maybe they don't they want they don't want to release any music. They just have to playing uh, in the room and then uh, playing peacefully. I think it's also good. But I think the intention that what makes differences.
0: As long as the purpose is clear, it can be whatever purpose, and then you are you are good to go but uh, i agree that recently there has been this idea that eurorack is almost the like the modular synthesizer is the the universal answer to all the Problems in music, which is of course not the case. I mean, it, it is uh, always, it must serve a purpose. And uh, to some, I, I, for example, I, I, I follow yours, the, the same approach as yours, even though the way I play the modular synthesizer is, a comp- is the opposite. I am more of a musician who unpatches everything, and maybe I like to focus on, uh, you know, creating the same patch over and over again to see if how the it changes from one time and the other but there are plenty of other tasks that I have to do that I just do straight in Logic Pro or Ableton yeah. Live because it's faster as we said in the beginning the, the <laughs> instrument needs to sa- make you save time not waste time that's right <laughs> Well, of course, it's not a waste of time if you are enjoying the process, but if it becomes a source of frustration, then there is something wrong somewhere
1: <laughs> that's right, because the idea is really fast if it if we don't record and we it's very quick you know in being being uh you know erased from our minds, so for example, if I have any ideas, okay, I have this one idea I have to. Up, uh, fire up my system and then put the audio interface and in Logic Pro and I have to record that right away because if I have to okay turn this one first and then and then oh it's become. Uh, distracting so I have to find a solution how to uh, record for example record in being stereo for example people also like from their modular stereo in and out to audio interface I think it's only two channel that's good and also I've tried like eight channels like with uh, ADAT and then ADAT through my audio interface and 10 channels okay it's good I have separations of my channels but it becomes overwhelming and then it's become time-consuming to mix all yeah, the tracks, example. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, oh, okay, this is not good for me, okay, I have to mix everything in my system and then stir it in and that's it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do the same, I mean, uh, it's fun to think that you can then mix and compress your tracks separately, yes. but then again, you ask yourself, Why? That's right. Because <laughs> Because because I mean just to obtain the same effect as you would obtain straight away with just the left and right couple. So <laughs> why just work eight extra hours to go to get to the same <laughs> end That's point? right. And
1: also and also the feeling gil, funny. I think with the stereo track, I think the feelings what's inside there, for example, if I record Astunkara in ten mm-hmm. minutes and then Tomorrow I record Astunkara again. It's different. It's different feeling that, okay, I have to improvise in this minute. I have to make this one into this, like ratchet in this one with Usta. And then in tomorrow I play the Asturunkara track again. It becomes different because that's the beauty of the modular. I think even though it's the same instrument, same patching, but the intention of the improvise something and then to add something is quite different and based on the feeling itself. I think it's just like you're playing piano, for example, playing this composition and then you manage to, okay, I'm going to improvise two bars in here or four bars. I think it's just what happens on the zone itself. So I think it's just interesting to see the uh, like improvisation in the middle of the composition with modular.
0: You have mentioned um, Astunkara, which we have uh, briefly heard uh, here and there throughout this interview, but and that I will also link in the episode description. But you briefly hinted at your current techno exploration, so (laughs) please, if you want to expand on that topic. (laughs) Oh yes, yeah. So yeah, you know
1: what? As the as a musician, of course, we have the level of distress and then level of the boredom. That okay. I play ambient, I play traditional music, and I play soundscape and noise. It becomes mm, why don't us why don't I just try different things? For example, uh, techno because I think it's uh, there's also different technos and also different uh, eras of technos, of course. But I straight into like uh, like Detroit techno, for example. I think it's quite interesting to learn about how the uh, pioneers of techno music to compose. Uh, techno music at that time compared to now, for example, we have the, uh, for example, techno in Berlin, for example, I've never been to Berlin, so I don't know about the scene of the techno itself, but I listened to the, from the YouTube, from the podcast. I think it's quite interesting to bring that um, uh, techno music. So when I play my techno music, I just play straight with my samples. So I have a samples that I uh, got it from my friends. Also like a kicks of the 909 or 808. And then, But I also still use the uh, gamelan instruments between that and also still using the Buchla's uh, oscillator samples as a bass. And also, yeah, because um, the idea to play Tugnia Music is to try something new in my composition in Modular Synthesizer. And I uh, went to different communities in Technos and then to learn that through YouTube. I think it's quite wide and also uh, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. I'm still learning about that Uh, technos and it's uh, how to, uh, the techniques, for example, like you mentioned about the, to play in different, uh, you know, the signature times, for example, not only four, but on the five as play in seven, for example, with the melody itself. So it's become the infinite love of the melody. I think it's interesting, different techniques, how to play the rumble kick, for example, in the back of the tracks, like the constant kick, like. And we have to mix that differently. I think it's quite interesting to see a different approach and how to bring the rumble uh, kicks into a different people I think So that's, I'm still learning, I'm still learning. I'm not quite say that I'm an expert in techno, of course not, but I'm still learning how to play the techno music
0: yeah I like this approach, and I like the the fact of uh, like the importance of not being an expert in a certain in a certain topic which is a feeling that I personally like a lot because uh you, you, it's like uh, when you, you, there is the the thrill of having something new to learn uh, every day which is yes. also part i i think it, it's very similar to to the whole academic research thing you know when you when you know you're on a path but you're not a Arrived yet? And but you see the progress you are making every day. You are like slowly <laughs> unfolding a topic, and yes. um, that—that's. I mean, it is something uh, which is really in, invaluable, and it is very similar to practicing and learning new stuff and learning also new instruments um which is something that yeah i also like to do you know getting a new instrument and learn how to play that you always learn something that you can transfer to your other uh, music and this applies right. also um, when learning instruments or when learning new genres as you are yes. telling us yes i think
1: i think for me uh, it's it's important to note that the for example album or playing live or releasing something i think it's just a bonus but I think for me, it's the most important one for me. I think it's the process itself to encounter uh, new friends, for example, uh, new communities and new understanding of how to play music. I think just, just the beauty of the playing music. So music can brings me to other different countries and different communities. I think um, the, the bonus it's like a roller coaster and then you up oh that's good and then you down again oh it's not interesting and then you up <laughs> again wow well, okay it's different feelings you know playing music and then whatever all the genders and forms of the music itself whether a traditional music or modular synthesizer I think uh, the outputs of the playing live or album releasing something is just a bonus but I think the beauty of it that's along the journey I encountered uh, you, Giovanni and Simone from Fraptos and other new friends and electronic music, which is uh, very kind to me and to able to teach me through the internet. And then, you know, it's just amazing all the, of how the uh, Eurek communities works and it's just like uh, different bondings. And then also it's just very kind, it's very kind. I've never met someone which is quite rude in Eurek or modular communities, it's just, you know, really, really, really good for me so far.
0: Yeah, I agree, but at the same time, I don't think that the uh, album or playing live is simply a a bonus. I think that I mean, if you are talking about uh, you know the you, the whole like music industry mindset, then I agree, it's it's super, it's not necessary. But I think that it is important during the a creative journey. To let go of some of your music and uh, to put it out in the world, because uh, at a certain point uh, your music is no longer yours alone, and uh, that's
1: it's, right.
0: It's also of part of your audience, and you need to, you know, to um, separate yourself from from the past, and which is a, it's, it's a very uh it's very dramatic moment when you release an album because it's you know it's like you know sending your your uh, your your children in the world i mean they're they're no longer (laughs) your children i mean they're 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 out there and living their life but i think that this is also a very important uh, moment during this journey but then i also agree that the, the most important part is the journey itself
1: Thank you, Giovanni, for pointing out. Yeah, I agree with that also. It's really important also to have the releases in the future as an artist, I think, because, yeah, they're no longer our parts as well, and they will choose each of the ears in the world. So in the wild, of course.
0: Thank you very much for this uh, fascinating uh, conversation. And uh, I'd like to wrap everything up by asking uh, the, the question that we ask all the times. And uh, if you were able to choose the next FrapTools module, uh, what would it be?
1: Wow, okay. I have three different answers. I think that's okay. <laughs> so the first one... <laughs> I think the first one. This is my dream. It's a sampler, of course, from uh, Fraptos because I think that'll be great to uh, coordinate in the Fraptos ecosystems with the Austa, and then we have uh, the mixers, and then the Kunsa, of course. That's my also one of my dreams of the samples as well in the future Kunsa. also. I think the samplers also will open up the uh, you know uh, ex, um, you know like similarities and also all the options in the FRAPTOS ecosystem. So I think samplers is also, uh, I think I I, I can imagine if it's, uh, it will be happening in 2024 or not, but maybe in the future, I think that'll be great. And also- Certainly um,
0: not 2024.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. I hope so in the near future.
2: (laughs) Well,
0: we hope so.
1: Yeah, I think so. That'll be great. And then number two, I think this is a bit classic, but I think uh, theremin, Theramine. I think but of course in the fraptose, um way and Fraptos design and Fraptos ideas it's not only thermin and also not only the resurrecting about the old theramine. but I think that'll be great if we can if you can maybe incorporate that with the different aspects in fractals. I think that'll be great not only the standard thereamine but I think to you know um, to I don't know maybe you can answer that with theramine but different aspect and also the Last one, I think that'll be great if you can, um, fraptose and, uh, to bring about the granular synthesis, of course. I think it's also one of the, uh, aspects of the synthesis, um, methods, of course, back in the past and also until now. But of course, uh, granular, uh, synthesis, which is, uh, incorporated with the fraptos ecosystems and also, um, difference of the, like, uh, which is already made by other companies. I think you can, you can manage um, manage. Uh three of them in the future Giovanni and Fraptosin.
0: Wow, they <laughs> That's were <my> <laughs> Yeah, I mean they were excellent suggestions, quite quite uh, demanding in terms <laughs> of uh, R&D, I would say. Hopefully, <laughs> oh, hopefully Yeah, hopefully, all the I-, best. <laughs> I can also hear uh, Simone's ears ringing when we mentioned the granular <laughs> synthesis because it's one of his fields of studies back in the days and he is very uh, um, you know, strict on what is granular synthesis and what is not, right. because you have to go down to the grain of sound and That's this kind right. of thing. But, but uh, yeah, th- these are excellent suggestions, especially the there. I mean, I was curious to um, see, I mean, with the sampler, I know your music is very much sampling based, And Mm -hmm. uh, I can also see something of granular synthesis, for example, in the way you use the, maybe the morphogen that you have and you showcase in the patch. But Mm -hmm. what about the theremin?
1: I think um, I will use it, for example, if there's anthermin from Fraptose, because I also co- incorporated my vocal singing in Modular Synthesizer. Mm. I also sample it, sample it live uh, through, for example, Morphogene morphogen and also in Assimilator. So I record that live in Morphogene and I chop all the samples and then use all the parameters in there. So with thermine I, mean, I think I will use it to use it as the like a vocal. So I can play that in scale, for example, maybe with the help of, maybe this is my fourth dreams in Fraptos, is Usta Mark II maybe in the future, oh. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you can incorporate that with scale with the thremen itself. So when, whenever we're playing in the scale with the thremen itself, everything is being uh, quantized in uh, with the Usta or maybe in the thremen in there. So we can play, for example, a pentatonic, So we can, I can sim, I can um, recreating my vocal stuff with the theremin. For example, if I theremin is the tools itself, but the sound sampling or maybe sound oscillator, we can use so for example. So everything is being connected with your ecosystem environments of raptors. I think that will be great, Giovanni. Wow! Go go go! Wow! <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> well,
0: Ryan, I think that we can cap it here for for today and um we will meet again in Fraptus studio where I will try to uh, recreate uh, well to create a patch based on all the things that we discussed today and uh, let's see if I can uh, create something in the style of buzzer Oh, and, um, that'll be an honor for me <laughs> we will see um, At the uh, after we say goodbye there will be uh, an, I will edit the patch in, uh, in this podcast and in this video and for now I think that I will just say thank you thank you thank you very much for joining us with this chat
1: you're welcome Giovanni and thank you raptal teams for um adding me into this wonderful episodes and i believe in the future there'll be so much um you know interesting speakers and also fascinating musicians in modular synthesizer i'm looking forward to learn more from your educational uh contents and the videos on youtube thank you so much
0: Okay, so we are back in Frap Studio and this is the patch that uh, this conversation inspired me. So since I don't have a sampler here, and I've got an analog-only setup, I had to be much more cautious as to how many voices and how many sound effects to use. So I chose to focus on three key elements. Uh, uh, Very powerful bass, which is uh, here on channel 2 of the CGM instead of uh, a sine wave I used a filtered sawtooth with some uh, resonance and a tracking filter that you can hear and the second element I want to focus on is the sine wave uh, somehow acting as a middle voice which I... Here, and I achieved that with a self-oscillating filter, and I sent the envelope to the resonance amount, to the Q amount, so that the attack has a sort of glide, and then I also added an actual glide into the volt proactive signal. So by playing with the envelope, I can define the attack. And also the glide, and somehow the glide between the notes. And uh, I soaked it into a delay plus reverb that I programmed on the Empress Zoya, and it sounds like this. And the third element was, of course, the sample of a mallet instrument, of a percussion instrument, that is a key signature of buzzaput sound. And I achieved that with a through-zero FM patch. On the brain, so oscillator that sounds like this. This is filtered as well. Is here's without. Re- this is reverberated as well. This is without reverb. And uh, I randomized some notes so that the. Uh, both the note and the FM ratio gets different but uh, I programmed an envelope to control both the FM amount and the filter to which the the sound is patched and uh, by using a KUNSA's integrator I have been able to give to the filter a longer curve than the one going to the FM amount so it has a very natural kind of decay. I set the filter to 24 dB per octave, but maybe now that I think about it, also 12 could work great with a more sparkling kind of sound. And... to mimic the morphogen with a reversed playback of uh, Basput samples, I pass the um, sample and hold, which is triggered by the, the, this sequence that we are hearing right now, to the envelope attack, and so uh, it will transform, I'm gonna manually play it, it will transform a very percussive sound into its reversed copy, like this. So it's a fake uh, reverse that I made in analog. And if we soak it into the reverb, it sounds like this. And all to everything all together sounds like this. I added some degree of randomization to this melody as well and I also randomized the gates playing the percussion. On top of that I just added a pinch of swing to the whole track, just a three percent but everything just to make a more everything more glued together and with a more human feeling. Thank you very much for staying with us uh, for this very interesting uh, conversation and uh, make sure to listen also to the past episodes. They are available on Spotify, Google and YouTube and all the major streaming platforms. My name is Giovanni Grandi and thank you for listening. Let's talk music with Fraptos. (laughs)